This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Would you take God's word? Go with me to the Old Testament, to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy and chapter number four, Deuteronomy chapter number four. We begin reading in verse number 32, Deuteronomy chapter four and verse number 32. A few weeks ago, I brought a message to our young people on Wednesday evening. I was, the burden of my heart was to speak to those young people, especially who are graduating high school uh, that week and to share with them some truths. Uh, from the book of Deuteronomy, and then to give them some illustrations from the Old Testament concerning uh, those who chose to honor God with their lives and how that God blessed them. Uh, we had some very positive response from people uh, concerning that message, and as I uh, prayed more about that, I, I wanted to preach on all seven of those characters and uh, to really make a series out of a sermon. And uh, most of you know I'm pretty good at making a series out of nearly anything. And you wonder when the series will ever end. I understand that. But I want to I take a little break here in the middle of the summer from the gospel according to Mark. And I want us to look at this thought from Deuteronomy chapter number 4. And then over the next several weeks we'll look at the individual lives of the people that I'm going to mention in just a moment. And uh, so let's read it and let's find out what the Lord has to say to us this morning. Deuteronomy chapter number 4 and verse number 32. For ask now of the days that are past, which were before thee, since the day that God created man upon the earth, and ask from the one side of heaven unto the other, whether there hath been any such thing as this great thing is, or hath been heard like it. Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as thou hast heard and live? Or hath God essayed to go to take him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations, by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, and by a great terrors according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt? before your eyes. Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice, that he might instruct thee, and upon earth he showed thee his great fire. And thou heardest his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt drive out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art, to bring thee in, to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath, there is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes and his commandments which I command thee this day. 
that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, and that thou mightest prolong thy days upon the earth which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. I want you to notice the statement that God makes to his people in verse number 40. He says, Thou shalt keep therefore his commandments, his statutes rather, and his commandments which I command thee this day. And then he gives them the reason. He gives them the reason that they should endeavor to keep his commandments. They, he gives them uh, the, the, the result of such a life of obedience. And here we see it, that it may go well with thee. That it may go well with thee. So that's the title of the message this morning, that it may go well with thee. We find here the heart of God, God's desire for every life is that it would go well with you. In this, in this text, we really we see uh, some things that will help us, first of all, uh, come to a knowledge of God. Uh, this text will help us to come to a knowledge of God. And how do we know Him? And there's a key word I, I want us to remember today. That is the word revelation. Revelation. How do we know who God is? Revelation. And then our view of God. What, what, kind of, what kind of God is He? I think our world has a very warped view of God. Our world has a very warped view of God. So when you think of God, how do you view Him? And what kind of God is He? And there's a word I want us to remember there, and the word is relationship. Relationship. And then... As God has revealed himself to us and as he is establishing a relationship with his people, then how do we respond? That's the third word. What, what is it that we do in light of the fact that God has revealed himself to us and that God has uh, not only revealed who he is, but he has uh, disclosed his intentions for us, his heart toward us in establishing a relationship with us. Therefore, how should we respond to God? And then, of course, we see God's purpose in all of it is for our good. That it may go, in verse number 40, that it may go, say the next word with me, church, that it may go well with thee. And maybe you're here this morning and you think, well, it's not going well with me. Well, I want you to know that God's desire for your life is that it go well with thee. Now, it could be that your view of what is well for you and his view of what is well for you are two different things. But I want you to understand this morning that God desires that it go well with you. Now, as we come to Deuteronomy chapter number four, the book of Deuteronomy means the second law. It's the second law. It's not that it's an additional law in addition to the previous law. It is the second giving of God's law. The children of Israel are about to, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, they're about to go into the land that God had promised them, the land of Canaan. And as they're going in, Moses has gathered all the people and he is rehearsing before all of the congregation of Israel, he is rehearsing to them again the law of God. And as he is disclosing to them 
the truths of the law of God. He is revealing to them the person of God. Uh, It's not uncommon to hear a young person say this. In fact, it's not uncommon to hear nearly anyone say this. Why should I listen to you? We've all asked that question, haven't we? And there's so many voices competing for our attention today. And so often we hear the question, why should I listen to you? God is going to answer that question for us. And he answers it in this statement that it may go well with thee. Now, Moses is preparing them to go into the land. And as we scan that congregation of the entire nation of Israel, there's hardly a man or a woman in the entire congregation over 40 years of age. Now, that would be an uncommon thing. The life expectancy of the average Israelite, just about 40 or so. Not hardly a man or woman above the age of 40. And the reason for that, of course, is found uh, in the book of Numbers when the children of Israel refused to go into the land that God had given them. The spies went into the land of Canaan. They came back. Ten of them said, no, we can't go. Two of them said, yes, we can. God will deliver us. And, of course, those two exercised faith, Joshua and Caleb, and those two will be living at this age while all of their classmates, all of their friends, all of those who were in a similar age as them had perished in the wilderness. We read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I invite you to turn there with me, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, because God is going to draw a parallel for us Uh, concerning an Old Testament event and our Christian life. Because oftentimes we think, well, what in the world does this have to do with us? Well, the Lord answers that question for us in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And so I want you to see it. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 1, the Apostle Paul is writing here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he writes to the believers at Corinth, Moreover, brethren, so we know he's writing to Christians, I would not that ye should be ignorant. In other words, I want you to know what happened. How that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Verse 5, but with many of them God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. We find out what happened to those who were above the age of 40. They were overthrown in the wilderness. Why were they no longer there? Because of their unbelief, because of their appetite for the wilderness. And so God told them in Numbers that they would not enter into the land, everyone from the age of 20 at that point on up. And they would wander for 40 years, and they would all fall in the wilderness. And as we come to Deuteronomy 4, that has occurred. And now Moses is speaking to the generation. And Paul here in 1 Corinthians 10 is drawing for us the truth of that as it applies to our lives. The fact that we as believers could fall short of what God has for us and that we could live a life outside of the will of God, though we know God, and that we could experience an overthrow in the wilderness. Now, what led to their overthrow? Notice in verse number 6. 
He said, these things were our examples. In other words, this is in the Bible, not only as a record of what happened to them, but this is in the Bible for us today. This is an example for us. Someone said, you don't have the you don't have the time to make all the mistakes yourself, so learn from the mistakes of others. And here we find that God is allowing us to learn from the mistakes of a previous generation. They were overthrown in the wilderness, verse 6. He says, now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So because of their evil desires, they were overthrown in their wilderness. Notice in verse number 7, Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So here's the second reason they were overthrown, not only because of their evil desire, but because of their idolatry. You'll notice in verse number 8, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and 20,000. And so we find that they... They fell short. They were overthrown in the wilderness because of their evil desires, because of their idolatry, and because of the sin of fornication. In verse number 9, because they tempted Christ. Neither let us tempt Christ, as, also, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. When we speak of the fact that they tempted Christ, they, they tried him. They pushed him to the limit to see what they could get away with. They tempted Christ. And they were overthrown. Verse number 10, neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Here we find they, they murmured, they complained, they were unthankful. Instead of thanking God for delivering them from Egyptian bondage, instead of thanking God for feeding them in the wilderness, instead of thanking God for giving them drink in the wilderness, all they did, if you read the narrative in the book of Exodus, you're going to find that they were constantly complaining. And so God said, because of the murmuring, because of your complaints, because of your lack of gratitude for me and what I have done for you, you will be overthrown in the wilderness. Notice in verse number 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, now all these things happen unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition. That means for our learning, for our warning upon whom the ends of the world are come. And so here we find that the children of Israel are gathered before God and before Moses, and he's speaking to them about, uh, about their life in the land of promise which they are about to enter into. But before they can look forward, he causes them to look back, and he warns them about the failures of the previous generation. And may God help us to be reminded today that he has been so good to us and he has a wonderful plan for our lives that it may go well with us. But lest we fall short of what God has for us, he warns us to take a look back. Take a look back into the past and be warned not to follow in this path. Now, as we understand that God desires that it go well with us, we're going to see the three things I mentioned earlier. I hope you'll write them down. Number one, revelation. Revelation. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse number 32. Revelation. That means to reveal. And God is going to reveal himself to his people. And God 
by revealing himself to his people, is revealing himself to the world. Let's look at it together. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse number 32. For ask now the days that are past, which were before thee, since the day that God created man upon the earth. Look back, he says, and ask from one side of the heaven unto the other, whether there hath been any such thing as this great thing, or hath been heard like it, did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as thou hast heard and live? Do you know what God wanted them to consider? He wanted them to consider the privilege that was given to them. The privilege that was given to them. The fact that God spoke to them out of the fire. Look with me, if you would, in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse number 1. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse number 1, And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord made not his covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive this day. And so he reminds them that God spoke to them, and that's what he's speaking of in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Look in verse number 4. In, in chapter number 5, the Lord talked with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to show you the word of the Lord, for ye were afraid by reason of the fire and went not up into the mount, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Here we find Moses uh, reviewing to them, reminding them of something that took place previously, and that's what he's referring to in Deuteronomy chapter 4, that God spoke to them out of the midst of the fire. What an unusual thing that this assembly, this nation is gathered uh, outside the Mount of Horeb, and, and God speaks to them out of the fire. I think if we saw that, if we witnessed that, that would not be something that we would soon forget. Remember how God spoke to Moses he was on the backside of the wilderness. He saw a bush that was consumed with fire, but though it was consumed with fire, it was not being consumed. It was continually burning. It was on fire, but it was not burning up. And Moses thought, that's the most unusual thing. And he went to view the bush, and God spoke to him out of the fire. He wanted to signify by this that this is an act of God, that this is God himself speaking in an unusual way as to distinguish his voice from the voices of all others. We live, in a, we live in a world with lots of voices, lots of people telling us lots of things about how life ought to be. But God has revealed himself powerfully and wonderfully to us that we might hear his voice. And dear friends, we have a copy of God's word. The Bible. May God help us to have the right view of the Scripture. The Bible tells us in John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We have the truth today. In our mixed-up, crazy world, we have truth. Hebrews chapter 1, in verse number 1, the Bible tells us God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, 
whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 15 warns us that today, if we will hear his voice, that we are not to harden our hearts as in the day of provocation. Friend, we need to understand that God has spoken to us today. We need not take the word of God lightly. We need to understand that this is the revelation of God. It is a revelation of who he is. And as we understand that and as we would agree together with that statement, let me ask you a question. Have you read it? Are you reading it? And is God speaking to you? He revealed himself. Think about this. What an amazing thought that God would speak to us. In the midst of the darkness of this world, in the midst of the despair of this world, God reveals himself to us. He initiates to us or with us, he initiates a conversation to say, here I am. This is who I am. This is what I desire for you, and this is what I've done to supply all the blessings that you need and give you everlasting life. God spoke to them. But not only did he speak to them, he saved them. Notice what the Bible says here in verse 34. He said, Or hath God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations, by signs, by wonders, by war, and by a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, and by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in the Egypt before your eyes? Now, as he speaks to this group of, of, of people below the age of 40, some of them were little children when they walked out of the land of Egypt. Some of them were born in the wilderness. They had no recollection. They only heard the stories. And God is reminding them here, and Moses is reminding them here, that it was God who delivered them from Egyptian bondage. It was God who delivered them from oppression. He, he saved them. And how did he do it? By temptations. That's by, that's by testings and by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm. Here we see that God, as we study the book of Exodus, he revealed his power over the gods of Egypt. Those ten plagues were all designated uh, for God to reveal his power over the false idols of Egypt, and God decimated Egypt, and God delivered his people from Egyptian bondage. You know, you and I are not unlike those children of Israel uh, who were in bondage to the world and in bondage to the devil, in bondage to our sin with no hope. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, took upon himself the form of a servant. He became flesh. He was made in the likeness of sinful men, though without sin he lived a perfect, holy, sinless life. He went to the cross bearing our sins. He died upon that cross. And during his earthly life and ministry, what did he do? He demonstrated by signs and by wonders his mighty power and glory. As we've traveled through the gospel according to Mark, we've seen him heal the lepers. We've seen him restore sight to the blind. We've seen him as he touched the ears of the deaf and as he healed the lame 
Uh, we've seen the mighty power of God, and Jesus Christ demonstrated that power. And then he went to the cross of Calvary. He stretched out his arm upon the cross of Calvary. He suffered and bled and died for our sins. And on the third day, he came out of the grave victorious by warring, by conquering. With a mighty arm, he defeated the devil. And he offers salvation to all who will believe upon him. You see, Moses said, I want you to understand something. God has revealed himself to you. He has spoken to you, and he has saved you. What a glorious thing it is to know the God of the universe. Look at verse 35. Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God, and there's none else beside him. God spoke you out of the fire. God saved you from bondage, and he did so that you might know that he's the Lord. There's none else beside him. You know what he did? He confirmed who he was. He confirmed who he was. He established his authority. I am God. There is none else. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you made that confession? Until you make that confession, until you make that confession, you will not enter into a relationship with him. But once you make it, you are in a relationship with him. And you are persuaded, you are confident that he is the Lord and there is none else. As I said just a moment ago, we live in a world of competing voices and there's so many people who have opinions, right? You know, we hear one day that caffeine is bad for us. We hear another day that it is good for us. We hear that the keto diet is bad for you. Then we hear that it is good for us. There are so many people who, who claim to be experts on nearly every subject. I remember a gentleman early on after my wife and I got married, he was trying to sell me a life insurance policy and he was trying to persuade me to go in a certain direction. And my dad instilled in me a distrust. I'm sorry. He just distilled in me, instilled in me a distrust for uh, certain people and uh, I felt like this guy fitted the bill because here's my concern. As he was trying to convince me that he was trying to help me, my question was, what is his motive? And let me tell you what I thought his motive was. I thought his motive was to make money off of me, not to do what was best for me. But see, here's what God wants us to understand about him. He is God. There is none else. He has authority. You know, all these competing voices who want to offer us advice, we evaluate their expertise. Let me tell you, God has expertise. I told a group of young people the other day, Bill Nye, the science guy, has no expertise. He tries to tell you to deny the Bible and deny the account of creation, but he wasn't there. He's a man who hates God and hates God's Word. He has an agenda. He has a motive to turn people against God and away from God. And so I, don't, I do not accept his expertise, but I accept God's. And I accept God's authority, and I believe God's motive, and God reveals his motive to us in verse number 40, that it may go well with thee. And so we see revelation. Let me see the second thing, and that is relationship. God revealed himself to us by speaking to us and by saving us so that we might enter into a relationship with him. Now, I want you to think about that. Think about the fact that the God of the universe 
desires to know you and you to know him that you might be in a relationship to him. I looked up the definition of the word relationship and it said to be connected to. Well, there's people here that I'm connected to this morning. My wife, my children, my grandson who's in the nursery, my mother, I'm connected to them. We're in a relationship. But I'm also in, in connection with you our church family. And there are people, and many, many people, this, this building is filled with people that are among the dearest people on earth to me. We have entered into a relationship, and we're all involved in that relationship with one another by nature of the fact that we've entered into a relationship with God. You see, we live in a world that has rejected God and hates God, and we live in a nation that has rejected God. And, and I just can't believe, as I see what's happening in America, this is not the same nation I grew up in. The hatred, the enmity, the, the divisiveness, uh, the cruel treatment, the harsh words. I, I just can't believe, but that's what happens when you reject God. But when you know God and when you love God, to them uh, who received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That means when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, I became a son of God. I became uh, one of his children. I am in the family of God. And when you did the same, guess what? We all became the children of God. And that makes us by nature brothers and sisters. We're connected. We're connected by, by, by the very fact that we're connected to God. And this is what God desires. This is why God revealed himself to them. Because he wanted them to be connected to them. Now notice why. Notice it with me. Verse 36. Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice, that he might instruct thee. God wants to teach you. He wants to tell you something. And upon the earth he showed thee his great fire. And thou heardest his words out of the midst of the fire. Notice verse 37. And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt. Here we see the heart of God revealed. Notice in verse 37. He loved thy fathers. Isn't it wonderful to know that God loves us? John chapter 3 and verse 16, the greatest love story ever told. For God so loved the world, that's everybody in it, friend. What, what a complete and comprehensive statement. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, what a complete and comprehensive word, whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ did not come to send people to hell. Jesus Christ came to rescue them from hell. As the children of Israel were in bondage to Pharaoh and Egypt, the, the children of this world are in bondage to sin and Satan and this world of flesh. And, and what we find is we're on our way to an eternity without God. And God in his desire to intervene for us, God in his desire to rescue us and save us because he loved us, sent his son to die on the cross for us. He revealed his word to us. Why? That he might, verse number 36, instruct us. 
I'm glad I don't have to grope around in the darkness of this world and try to figure life out. Because somebody's got a new theory and a new thought every day. And there's so many platforms upon which these thoughts and theories are delivered, I would be in total bewilderment if I weren't looking to God and His Word. And our world is in total bewilderment. And so God said, wait a minute, you don't have to grow up in the darkness. You don't have to try to figure this thing out for yourself. I am here to teach you. I'm here to instruct you how you can know me, how you can enter into everlasting life, how that you might live a life and be blessed upon this earth. I have come to do this for you because I love you and because I have chosen you. Think about that. God not only loves you, but he chose you. I remember as a boy, we loved to play ball. And uh, I had a friend that lived near, near, uh, near me uh, named Doug Stooksbury and his cousin, Chris Stapleton. They had a, a big cow pasture out there. And that was, that was the site of the Super Bowl every Saturday and Sunday, whenever we could get together. And uh, we would choose captains. And then the captains would choose they're players, and you always wanted to hear your name picked, and it really meant something if you were the first pick. It really meant something. Well, you know, here's somebody who recognizes my value. Here's somebody who recognizes my worth. You did not want to be the guy who was picked last because you were kind of the guy that nobody wanted, right? Let me tell you what God did. God not only loves you, but let me tell you that God has chosen you. He sees your value. He sees your worth, and he loves you, and he chooses you. What a glorious thing. It doesn't matter who rejects me if I know that God has chosen me. You see, we've entered into a relationship with God. He has initiated this relationship. We love him because he first loved us. And why did God enter into a relationship with us? Because he loved us. He wanted to bless us that it may go, what's the next word, church? Well with thee. Well, you know what the view of God is by so many, right? Well, he's some cosmic killjoy up here in the heavens that just wants to beat us in the head with the Bible and make us miserable and unhappy. And that is the way much of the world views biblical Christianity today. But that's not who God is. And if we'll just take the time to listen to his voice, we'll understand that God is for us. And so we see the word revelation. And this answers how we can know God. Then we see the word relationship, and this answers for us who he is, what kind of God he is, and why did he bother? Why did he bother to speak to us? Why did he bother to save us? And then we see the third word, and that is response. And it answers the question for us, what should we do? What should we do? Notice, if you would, please, in verse number 40. Thou shalt keep, therefore, his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day that it may go well with thee, but not just with thee, with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. 
What's my response? In light of the revelation of who God is, in light of the relationship that he has established with me, in light of understanding his motive is that it would go well with me. God wants to bless my life. He doesn't want to burden me. He wants to bless me. In, in response to all of that, what should I do? <laughs> Verse 40, I shall keep, therefore, his statutes and his commandments. I need to obey him. I don't know when we got to this stage where we thought it was enough just to know the Bible is the word of God, but to have no intention to obey it and think that was a good situation. What has it brought us? Where has it brought us to? I'll tell you where it will bring us. It will bring us back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. They were overthrown in the wilderness. You see, there comes a point in time in this battle between the flesh and the spirit, in this, in this battle of wills between our will and God's will, where we must submit ourselves to the authority of God and decide to obey him no matter what the cost. Obey him. Who is the ruler of your life? Is it you or is it Jesus? That's the question. Isn't that the question of discipleship? If any man will be my disciple, what must he do? He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The cross speaks of death, death to self. And so here we must learn to respond to Jesus. Therefore, he says, thou shalt keep, therefore, his statutes and his commandments. We have to obey God's word. And if we obey God's word, here's what we find the result will be. It will go, what's the next word, church? Well. You remember Adam and Eve in the garden? God made them, put them in a perfect place, had a wonderful plan and purpose for their lives that it would go well with them. And Satan, in the form of a serpent, came to Eve, and he beguiled her. He tempted her. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did God say you couldn't eat of this good fruit here? <laughs> of all the fruit that Eve could eat in that garden, he found the one that she couldn't. And he said, God's holding out on you. God's not good because he's not allowing you to eat this. And then he said to her, you're not going to die. You just go ahead. You're not going to die. In fact, you're not going to die. You're going to be like God. You're going to be equal to God. And so she saw the fruit. It looked good. It seemed like something that would taste good. I mean, when it looks good, it's got to taste good, right? And then it was desired to make her wise. I'm not going to need God anymore once I eat that fruit. I can do it my way. And so she took it and she ate it. And immediately something changed. She gave it to Adam. He took it. He ate it. Immediately something changed. They heard God walking in the, in the garden. And what did they do? Did they run to him as they had every time before? No. They ran from him. They hid themselves. They knew that they were naked. They took fig leaves and tried to cover themselves. You see, friends, they made a decision that God's word was not trustworthy and that God did not want what was best for them. And they sinned. They listened to the wrong voice. 
and he didn't want it to go well with them. No, he intended that it go wrong with them. And let me tell you, young person, an older person here today, that God has a wonderful plan for your life, and you must learn to listen to his voice and obey him because the devil has a disastrous plan for your life. He is a liar. He is a destroyer, and he wants to lead you from the path of obedience to the path of iniquity. He wants to destroy your life. And if you listen to him, if you listen to him, you'll be overthrown. Now, there's seven Old Testament characters I won't spend the time looking at them individually. I just want to give them to you this morning. And these are the seven that we're going to study in the weeks ahead. These are seven Old Old Testament characters that learn to say no to the devil, that learn to say no to the world, that learn to say no to the flesh, and because they learned to say no, it went well with them. Let me just give them to you. Number one, Joseph. Joseph refused to give in to sexual temptation. Potiphar's wife said, come lie with me. He said, I can't do it. I can't sin against God. And because he made that decision, God continued to honor his life, and Joseph was used to save the world from starvation. God desired that it go well with him. Moses refused to be identified with the world. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And God would use him to come and deliver Israel. It went well with Moses. Ruth, the Moabite girl, when tempted to turn back into Moab, refused to turn back into the world. And because of her refusal to turn back into the world, because of her steadfast commitment to follow Jesus, God blessed her life. It went well with her. David, a young man anointed as king, unjustly accused by Saul of betrayal, unjustly pursued by Saul and his army. They were trying to kill David. David had an opportunity to kill Saul, but he refused to rebel against the God-appointed authority in his life. And it went well with him. Daniel in Babylon offered the food of the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, refused to defile himself. The three Hebrew boys refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's golden image, they refused to be intimidated, and they were willing to give their lives in the fiery furnace but it went well with them because when they got there, there was a fourth man in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar looked and he said, that looks like the Son of God. And it was, friend. He met them in the fire and he delivered them. It went well with them. And then there was a young girl named Esther taken to be the wife of the king, not really by any choice of her own. And she was made the wife of the king and therefore became the queen and she refused to sit idly by while her people were destroyed. She put her life in God's hands and entered into the king's court knowing that she could have been executed because of it. 
And she said, if I perish, I perish. But she trusted God, and God delivered, and it went well. It went well. You know what, young person? God wants it to go well with you. He's revealed himself to you. He offers a relationship to you if you'll come to him by faith. But you must respond to him in obedience. And if so, you have a wonderful promise. It will go well. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the lives of these individuals, and we're going to pray that God would help us to say yes to him, to keep his statutes and his commandments, and say no to sin and no to the world. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.